The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching call. Discovering Responsible Wealth is a production of the Institute of Responsible Wealth, and this is Frank Congelos, your host. And our guest today is David Mazika, Managing Partner of Tomorrow in Walton, New Jersey. Dave, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, Frank. So, Dave, this month, September, is Life Insurance Awareness Month, and I know that your organization deals with all different aspects of wealth management, and one of the areas that I know that you do provide some advice to people in is the area of having the right types of insurance in every aspect of their life, but because it is Life Insurance Awareness Month, perhaps we can focus a little bit on that. Okay. So That'd be great. With that in mind, when you're talking to people about you know asset protection, their wealth management, and things of that nature, when it comes to life insurance, What's the most important aspect of their insurance, you know, with regard to life insurance that they should be looking at? Okay. Um, I think an often mistake that people make when they are reviewing or considering life insurance is they look at life insurance in – the problem that I I see is that it's reflected in, in, in the form of a lump sum amount. And to me, having the right amount of coverage is most important. I don't think you know, any survivor would be worried about what type, you know, as long as the benefits were paid. So, so then, you know, based upon what I'm gathering from what you said is, you know, we can look at, you know, it's like somebody hits the lottery and go, wow, I got a million dollars. But right. translating what that million may actually mean to them and their family may not be recognized. Absolutely. So, yes. I mean, life insurance is insuring an asset. And the asset here that we're talking about, life insurance, is one's ability to produce value in this world for their family and for future endeavors and, and, you know, really uh, what can be accomplished in life. So, you know, with that in mind, you know, when you think in terms of, you know, the amounts of insurance that someone should have, there's been in the industry all different ways that people do it. Some people do a needs analysis. uh, Some people do it different ways. What do you find to be an efficient way to help people to identify the right amount? Uh, I more more, uh, subscribe to what's called the human life value approach. what we're measuring, it's also referred to as economic life value. Um, we're trying to produce or replace the income stream that has been lost in the event of a death. So when you look at, as you said, you know, a million dollars seems like a lot of money. It's, it's, it's often more money than our clients have in their accounts. But if you had to trade a million dollars for every paycheck that you're going to earn over your working years, most people wouldn't take that deal. Good point. It's a great point. So, you know, when you're looking at it, it, and you say that economic value, it's one of those of, you know, you are looking at the individual as an asset. And the idea is if I do your type of analysis or what you're describing that people should be doing, I should be replacing the full value of the asset, not trying to figure out what's the minimum or the need to get by. Correct. So that that's a great point. With that being said then, Dave, is I guess the question is, is you know, there's all different types of insurance sure. you know, that, that's out there. Maybe you can just take a little bit of time and explain to people, you know, what's kind of out there, and then what I call is what's the tried and true. Because to me, it's like uh, it's like a restaurant opening up down the street. So you drive down the street, oh, there's a new restaurant. Next thing you know, you know, six months later, that restaurant is gone. There's another new restaurant, right. and so I always look at the types of insurance that come out. Sometimes seems like these new restaurants that are coming and going. So, what are your thoughts? Because you're an expert in the field. Tried and true, I, I would say whole life's been around forever. Um, it's the only product where 
it's guaranteed. I mean, the premium is guaranteed, the cash value is guaranteed, and the death benefit is guaranteed. Um, and then you also have term insurance. And typically our clients will end up with a portion of or a combination of the two. One, um, you know, first and foremost, we, we do like to pr produce or, or put in place the proper amount of coverage to replace their income stream, right? We just discussed that. The, the second is, as how it in, in interrelates into one's financial plan, it may make sense to have some permanent insurance, and whole life insurance is the tried and true. That's a great point. It was interesting, as you know, that I heard a statement years ago, and this statement, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, it's like, well, if you don't die before 65, you're guaranteed to die after 65. Right. You know, so term insurance that may get me to a certain point, you know, may have covered me during certain formative years of children, things of that nature. But the reality is, is that beyond me thinking in terms of me dying early, and, you know, if you really think about it, an insurance company that issues a policy on somebody today doesn't think that anything's happening to them tomorrow. Right. Although that's not a lease in life, but the reality is, is that you know they're thinking you're going to be here a long time. And so, one of the questions I would have for you, Dave, is how does having uh, perhaps insurance in place over my lifetime uh, help me at all? Okay, in doing it, is it just about you know if I die, hey, they're better off, or is there anything in it kind of f for me that I can look at it and say, hey, you know what, uh, the money I put into this was worth it because it provides me with some additional benefits or some features, perhaps, that it made sense. Okay. We like to talk to our clients a lot about the different phases of wealth. So in the early years between, you know, your working years, we call it the accumulation phase. So this is a time in which, you know, um, we're saving money. Um, there's a lot of risk on, you know, hoping that we get to the goal, which is the next phase of distribution, which is another way of talking about retirement. Um, so in that phase, the initial phase, I mean, it's important to protect the asset, which is the value of your ability to produce income. Um, beyond that, um, it's important to protect the value of the assets in the distribution phase. Um, life insurance, uh, having a permanent death benefit later on in life, um, the closer you get to your mortality, the more the death benefit starts to look like cash for the survivors, mm. which gives us new and different ways to treat the cash assets that we have in our life. It's interesting when you say that because I know that you know, over the years we've looked at different strategies and assisting people with their wealth management. And one of the things that I always find is interesting is, is that um, the greatest risk for someone during retirement, we always talk about, is longevity risk, which right. is that not knowing how long we're going to be here, that we always have that concern or most you know, retired people are running out of money. Mm -hmm. So one of the things you know that – I'm kind of hearing from you is having that death benefit in place um, and it becoming more and more like cash to a survivor down the road actually is starting to match up to an asset or it looks like an asset that's becoming more real Correct. as time goes on. Yeah. It's a really difficult thing in retirement. The day you decide to, to stop working, to take a finite amount of money and make it last an indefinite period of time. And when I say that is we don't know how long we're going to live. I don't know how long my wife is going to be alive. Yep. And, you know, I also have beneficiaries beyond that that are important to me. So it is actually impossible to plan on spending the last dollar you have the day you die, which means you are going to leave something, which is the third phase that we call legacy. So if I could shift the risk and provide a benefit to my survivors by sh shifting that risk to an insurance company, um, that 
allows me to treat the monies that I have in my pocket and that I've saved over my lifetime much differently. You know, it's interesting is um, one of the individuals that, you know, works with us and so forth, I, I love when he gives an example of the second glass of water, you know, which is, you know, it's like a retirement. It's like, okay, here's a glass of water that's got to last you the rest of your life. And so it's like you're worry about it, you look at it, mm-hmm. you're concerned about it, and everything else is coming out of that. But had you had the ability to have a second glass of water behind that, yep. knowing that the day that that one glass of water would stop, that there was more there or that was there for your survivors, you know, that, that mental space or that freedom that, that you ultimately get really, you know, has a lot of merit to yeah. it. Either way, um, you know, most of our clients, the, the spouses are younger and women t- tend to live longer. So there's going to be something that needs to be there for right. survivors. Gotcha. And it's much cheaper or much easier to leave an insurance company's money behind than it is to leave my own. Thus, it gives you then the permission to utilize your own money or enjoy yours right. because you know you're leaving the other. And I, you know, it's only, over the years, I've always had a you know conversation with people, and we always said, you know, utilizing insurance is like buying money at a discount that you know is going to be delivered at some mm-hmm. point in the future. So when we think in terms of the different benefits of it, you know, and seeing how it is Life Insurance Awareness Month, you know, if I just kind of summed it up, you know, it sounded like the biggest thing would be is make sure you have the right amount. Absolutely. Okay. And as it relates to that, before I just hop off of that, is Dave, is, is there a formula that you can kind of estimate what the right amount typically is? Yeah, yes. Well, you're insuring during your, during your working years, you're insuring your ability to produce income for a period of time. So the younger you are, the, the more insurance an insurance company would be willing to give you based as it relates to a multiple of your income. So if somebody in their 30s, it's you know, between 15, 20 times income typically is what we see. Um, somebody in their 40s, it may be 15 times. Mid-50s and beyond, it's 10. And when you're beyond your working years, typically an insurance company is not going to be willing to give you more than one times your net worth. Got it. So, And actually, that's based upon what you just said. They're viewing it the same way that we're viewing it, which mm-hmm. is you know, replacement of that income potential. Younger, you need more times, you know, 15, 20 times. Yeah. And then ultimately, once you get to retirement, then it's trying to match the assets right. So that when you kind of look, and if I'm spending and utilizing and enjoying mm-hmm. my assets over my lifetime, I'm allowing the insurance then to be kind of that replacement tool to hopefully replace that to my heirs or to my spouse mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be. Because the reality is, you know, we are living longer. You know, I did a class earlier today, and I mentioned the, you know, the name Willard Scott. And, you know, three people in the class knew what I was talking about. The other four people in the class looked at me, and Willard Scott used to come on the air and talk about people that are hitting 100. And so the whole thought behind that is that we're living so much longer, you know, these 10-year, 20-year, or even 30-year plans may end up significantly short of how long we're actually here. Yeah, a common mistake that people make is they buy longer extended term insurance policies as if, and they, it gives the clients typically a false sense of security. So when you buy a 30-year product in your 30s, it seems you, like a long time from there. It does. Um, Until you get there. but Exactly. And then, and then it's often very difficult to come up with a solution beyond that you know, later on in life. You know, it's interesting is, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I know that you have, not, not as long as I, though, you know, obviously. But it's one of those of, you know, what I always find is, is like at the moment that we are in in our life, you know, it's like our breath. Like if I was to go outside on a cold day and I go, and I can see the, you know, the mist a little bit, I can only see but so far. But knowing that there's so much more that's coming up, 
sometimes it's really hard to envision that, which is you know, what I always tell people the key is, is you got to work with a, a good advisor, a good team of advisors that really does a macro approach, bringing in the total wealth management of that wealth building side and the wealth protection side so that everything is really coordinated together so that you know it's like an, an orchestra and the symphony playing together so that it works together, not that there's piecemeal planning going on, that right. it's dysfunctional. A typical problem or common mistakes that, that people make that we see is, is they segregate their financial decisions. They have a separate college plan and a you know a retirement plan, and then they have a plan on how they're going to deal with their mortgage or their debt structure. And the reality is because money is finite, every choice affects everything else. So to have the right advisor that's able to help you coordinate and integrate all those decisions and ultimately have your plan work more like a machine. You use the word symphony, I use the word machine, but... I think we're talking about the same thing. I think it's great. So so for all of our listeners, you've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. Our guest today has been David Mazika of Tomorrow in Waltanship, New Jersey, and this has been your host, Frank Congelos. If you want to reach out to us, you can write to us at ifrw.com, and if you have any questions, we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, and have a great month. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.